0: We're here to honor servants today, but without Him, got nothing to give. Because He gave you life, He gave you strength, He gave you health, He gave you the hands, the legs, the brain, the tools to do whatever it is that God has given you to do. And I want to thank all of you who. Uh, are serving in some capacity today, and that ought to include everybody. It really should. In some way, some form, that includes everybody. 20, 2010, I went out in the morning, it's a Friday morning, it was May, middle of the month. It's homecoming weekend at our church And I went out to mow my grass It's a Friday ritual from May to October, sometimes November. Uh, And I mowed my grass in the morning, I did my work in the yard, and I come in and fixed myself a sandwich. Susie was working, gone somewhere, and I fixed myself a sandwich. I ate the sandwich, had a Diet Coke with it took my plate to put it down in the sink, and when I put my plate down in the sink, suddenly and overwhelmingly I got sick. I don't know, I didn't know then what it was, I do know now, but I felt like I was dying and dying quick. And being a stubborn man though, I went and got in my recliner and I said it'll pass. And uh, after about an hour of realizing it wasn't going to pass, I did what many of us do, and my wife has my phone, but I pulled it out of my pocket and hit 911. And it wasn't very long, and maybe some of these sitting over here showed up at my door, took care of me. Treated me like I was the president of the United States and better than some presidents have been treated. Treated me like a king. Took care of me. They put me on a gurney. They put me in a first aid squad. They took me to a hospital where a doctor I had never seen and nurses I had never seen in an ER. Served me like I was their own parent. Waited on me took care of my needs, diagnosed me, put me in intensive care with uh, atrial fibrillation. My heart was bouncing from 100 to 200 just constantly. Gave me medications, by the way, thank God for pharmacies and those who work in them and those who have that ability. Uh, And as I was being rolled into the ICU... The nurse said to me, congratulations, you just converted. And I said to the nurse, no, ma'am, I converted many, many years ago. <laughs> Jesus is my savior. Heaven is my home. But I'm, I'm thinking that's not what you're talking about. But I was able to witness to her there in the ICU. Three days later, I come home. That was, what, 11, 12 years ago? I want you to know you don't realize how much you appreciate and are grateful for doctors and nurses and first aid people and first responders until it's you that are laying in the gurney. And I thank God for them. And I I want to give my honor to them today. And I am thankful, didn't expect to be here honoring them today, but I am certainly thankful for that. And I want to encourage them and challenge us all from the scriptures this morning. In Acts chapter 9, I would love to take a a lot of time and read this whole chapter to you. Uh, There is so much here, and maybe I'll read some as I go along. But I want to focus in on verse 25 of Acts chapter 9, and then... uh, Uh, a few verses in 2 Corinthians and then share the thoughts on my heart this morning. Acts chapter 9 and verse 25, and this is the verse of Scripture that God brought to my mind as I began to think about honoring those of you who take care of people uh, when they are not upright, let's put it that way, all right? In verse 25, it says, Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. Uh, For those of the medical field, that's like a gurney. They laid him in that basket and let him down over that wall. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to read just uh, two verses there of uh, Scripture that the Apostle Paul, 25 years later, now I shared my testimony 20 years, or uh, 12 years later, if you will, nearly, and the Apostle Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 32, but when, uh, let me get in second Corinthians and not First Corinthians, and verse 32, uh, in Damascus, The governor under Aretas, the king, kept the city of the Damascenes with garrison, desirous to apprehend me, and through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. I want to speak to you a few minutes this morning on hold the rope, somebody's in your basket, hold the rope, somebody's in your basket. Have you ever contemplated what it might be like if you'd never existed, what the world would be like, or have you ever contemplated if you had uh, taken a different path, deviated and went down a different road, what your experience would be like? I was married in 1973. And we have four sons and nine grandchildren. And if I hadn't existed, they'd have never happened. And my responsibility ever since the first one was slapped on the backside and started crying was, hold the rope. Somebody's in my basket. I I, I pastored for over 35 years. Nine of them here. And constantly I had that burden of holding the rope. Somebody's in my basket. Somebody's looking at me. Somebody's expecting and needing something from me. But you know the temptations that we face in life, the difficulties that we face in life, the opportunities that we face in life to not do what may change our destiny? You know, uh, I was telling Ronnie a few minutes ago, and this is not in my sermon, so if I don't say it right, just throw it out. But I was telling him, it used to be politicians, I don't even like the word, uh, were, were uh, uh, community servants. Every now and then you'll hear someone who will declare that and say, I'm here to serve. And that's why we all ought to be in this world to serve. And so I want you to think with me about that. Uh, I'm not the first person to ever latch onto this passage of scripture, and it is indeed a powerful thought. It'd be a great phrase to put on the wall of the first aid building. Hold the rope, guys! Somebody's in your basket, or on the back wall of a church somewhere. Hold the rope, folks! there's somebody in your basket. We do not know our future. We do not know that which or those which God is going to allow to cross our paths that we might impact, that might change their destiny forever. If someone didn't show up, and by the way, back in 2010, there was a lot of issues with who was going to run calls and the difficulties of of having people to cover in the middle of the day. Maybe you still have them, I don't know. But somebody got there because somebody said, I'm going, I'm going to serve, and they kept me alive. I thank God for them, and I thank God for those who have kept me alive spiritually by holding the rope uh, for me who's in their basket. I've got two or three little quick thoughts here I want to give you. Number one, Hold the rope. There are lost souls in your basket. There are souls in your basket. Acts chapter 9 is the story of the conversion of Saul. Now Saul was a murderer. Saul was uh, uh, very religious but he was guilty of killing Christians and in Acts chapter 7 he was at an event where the One of the first deacons, Stephen, was stoned to death by people who had authority from the government to kill those who were followers of Christ. He stood there, and as they killed Stephen, they laid their coats down at the feet of a man named Saul. First time he's ever mentioned in the Bible. Laid their coats at his feet, and here you have Saul in that situation watching them stone Stephen to death. And I believe with all my heart, Saul heard Stephen's sermon, and he said, he heard Stephen say, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And Saul must have thought, that guy's a wacko. That guy's nuts. No, that guy believed what Jesus believed when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And there was Saul now, having been struck down by the Lord in Acts chapter 9, and uh, uh, he has been redeemed by the grace of God. But I just want to say, uh, Stephen was faithful unto death. The Bible says there's a crown for that. He spoke the truth that Saul heard that God used when he saved a man like Saul. Thank God. And remember, there are souls in your basket when you decide, you know, I've had it with church. How I many of y'all ever had it with church? You bunch of liars. <laughs> yeah, one back here. One person. We've all had it with church at times. Preachers, huh goodness. Yeah, I've been one long time. My wife's sick of preachers. I can tell you that sometimes. <laughs> had it with church. You've had it with the, uh, the conflicts and issues of life and living your life and sometimes you say, I'm just going to quit. Well, a lot of people quit during the pandemic and give up. Listen, there is somebody that needs you to hold the rope when they're in trouble and they need to hear the gospel. They need to know about a Savior. They want to know. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your loved ones. They need to know that you stay faithful and that you're there and they can pick up the phone and call you and say, can you tell me how to be saved? And you'll be able to tell them or you'll bring them to church with you on special events. Hold the rope. There's somebody in your basket that may need saving. A friend of mine lives in the area, I won't give his name. Some of y'all would know him. Was in Vietnam. By the way, thank God for our soldiers. Our Vietnam soldiers were treated horribly when they come home. That's a shame. But there's been a lot of shames in life, hasn't it? In anyway, he was in Vietnam. He was in a foxhole, in a firefight. Those things happen. I've never been there. Don't know what that's like. It's hard for me to fathom. All I can think about is some movie I've seen. This actually happened. There was a buddy in the foxhole with him. And that buddy said, I'm scared. I'm afraid I'm gonna die. I don't know what's gonna happen. And Bobby witnessed to him in the foxhole, in the middle of, I said his name, first name, in the middle of a firefight. He witnessed to him, he wouldn't care if I mentioned it. The boy got saved. The boy trusted Christ right there in the foxhole. He said, well, just foxhole religion. Well, he raised up with his rifle to return fire and a bullet hit him and he died just like that. Sad story, but a wonderful story. There's a man going to be in glory because there was a Christian in the foxhole who held his rope and gave him the gospel when he needed it. Hold the rope, Christians. There's a sinner who's lost that needs you, and they're in your basket. There's people you'll reach, I'll never reach. There's people I'll reach, you'll never reach. Hold the rope. Don't drop him. He's a soul that needs salvation. Oh, by the way, are you saved? Have you been born again? There's one to come out of the ivory palaces of heaven, and walked on this earth who put up with the sin of mankind, the foul language, the wicked actions, the characteristics of he never sinned. He was around it all the time. And by the way, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us are guilty before God and will spend eternity in hell uh, if, if something doesn't change our destination. But Jesus came to change it. He lived perfectly. He died on the cross for our sin. He rose from the grave on that first Easter morning so that he can save whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord in repentance and faith and be born again. You can be forgiven. By the way, that'll give you purpose in life too. A lot of people don't see a whole lot of purpose in this life. And there is really not much purpose in this life unless you're right with God because we all know we're going to leave this life. This is the preparatory room, so to speak, to eternity. Are you saved? Do you know it? If you do, say amen. amen. Say praise God, because I'm saved by his grace and his grace alone. Hold the rope. There's sinners that need saving. Number two, hold the rope. There's saints that need strengthening. In uh, chapter 9, Uh, this passage of scripture, I could have went back and showed you how that Ananias, when the Holy Spirit said to him, I want you to go see this man called Saul. And Ananias said, oh me, I've heard about him. I don't really think I want to do that. And the Lord said, I want you to go. Uh, And then uh, he, after he was delivered in that basket, he went out and lived for three years out in the wilderness, so to speak. And then we pick up in verse uh, 26, he's coming back to Jerusalem. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he said to adjoin himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him. <laughs> They're still afraid of him. They, they, they he'd, he'd been out of circuit. They probably figured, well, we won't hear no more from him. I don't know what God did to him, but thank God he did. No, God was doing something good. We always want God to kill sinners. We ought to rethink that a little bit. You know, we ought to rethink that a little bit. We ought to want God to reach the wickedest of sinners because they make the best saints, really. Uh, And and so uh, uh, Barnabas, verse 27, Barnabas took him. See, they didn't believe that he was a disciple. In verse 27, Barnabas took him, and brought him to the apostles and, and declared them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that how he'd spoken to him, and how that he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus, and he was with them coming and going at Jerusalem. Hey, another reason we need to hold the rope that there's some people in our basket that need strengthening that need our encouragement, that need our love. Uh, there, there's some people who, who are shut in. Uh, there's some people in nursing homes. There's some people within the Christian realm. Hey, there's some people who are out of fellowship with God. And you know what we do? I bought my spenders Day. God, just get them right with you. Just get them right with you. And we're so self-righteous in our thinking, we forget we've been out of fellowship with God. And we need to reach out to them. We need to love on them. We need to let them know we care. We need to let them know we're no better than they are, that we've fallen to, and that they're, they're in our basket. They're in our, boy, when somebody in our, and somebody else, funny how family is. Somebody in somebody else's family, you know, they get a divorce, or they have an affair, or they go running off in the wrong direction. Did y'all hear that? Isn't that awful? I'm telling you, I never did think that as a Christian. No, I really didn't. Didn't see no fruit. But if it's in your family, what do you do? Oh, oh Lord. Drunk them back. Oh Lord, help them. Oh Lord, reach them. And we want others who God will are, ain't, ain't God good. He He puts people in our paths. I don't know how many times I've been going the wrong way and are headed the wrong way, or thinking the wrong way. And he puts somebody in our paths to point us back in the right direction. Hold the rope, folks. There are saints that need strengthening. If you let go of the rope, I can guarantee you some of them are gonna fall. I know that if you as a husband let go of the rope, it's very likely your wife will fall and vice versa. Uh, If you let go of the rope, church member, Christian, I guarantee your children will drop out. Oh, it's vital. It's vital to the saints of God that we hang on. We hold the rope and we be faithful, faithful unto death. There are saints that need our influence. Let me give you number three. Hold the rope. There's a servant that needs someone to stand with them. I like verse 26. Now, by the way, remember who's in this basket in verse 25? Yeah, the one who wrote most of the New Testament. The guy wanted to kill him. He's in this basket. He's in this situation. And I don't know who grabbed a hold of that rope, but they lowered him down, gently so, Some of them could have probably said, well, goodness, he's a murderer. He needs to face judgment. He's a murderer. But they said, we're going to hold the rope. We're going to help him. We're going to minister to him. I don't know what that always looks like. It's a difficult thing, isn't it? Well, these police officers know that. Not always easy to which one to let go and which one to put in jail. Uh, It's hard. I heard Brother Mike Hamilton, some of y'all know Mike, tell the story about he's retired now too. And he was sitting up on the interstate on I-64 running radar in his last year or two. And he saw this car coming down the road 90 miles an hour. He didn't want to pull him over. But at 90 miles an hour, he didn't have no choice. He'd rather just sit in the car and sip his coffee or whatever he was doing, finish his shift out. You know? But he, he pulled him and the thing that caused him to move was he looked and the guy's hands wasn't on the wheel. I don't know how you could see that at 90 mile there, but it, it, he did. Hands not on the wheel. Really? And, and so he finally gets him over and he says, uh, did I do something wrong? Did you do something wrong? you still doing something wrong. He told him what he was doing, speeding. Said your hands went on the And he looked. He had a laptop on his lap. Uh, anyway, he, he went to jail that night. And, and thank God there was a police officer, holding rope for the next person out there on the interstate who this is. he said, this is my office. I do this all the time. He said, you're not going to do it anymore tonight. And he took him to jail. I'm saying that there are people, you know, they need our involvement in their life. Some do need rebuking sometimes. Hardest thing I ever have done as a preacher is to deal with somebody who needed to be rebuked. Hard to do. There is that possibility and that potential. I'm not talking about just overlooking everything. No, sometimes you say, hey, boy. I said that to my boys quite a few times. Boy, you headed for trouble. You headed for a whipping. You better straighten up. Sometimes it's that. We need to hold the rope. There are servants that need someone to stand with them. The Apostle Paul, the writer of a lot of the Bible, needed them that night. 2010, I needed you guys that night. In the hospital, I needed the nurses and the doctors, and you'll need them at some point. Aren't you glad they're there? I'm a little concerned. The, the next time I need them, they may not be there because they get focused on the wrong thing instead of focusing on service. They're focusing on self. You volunteers, I, I get it. You're sitting there beside the guy that's getting paid, I get it, that's rough. But hey, just be faithful and your time will come. You, that's, that's the call for all of us, just be faithful. And God will provide for us and take care of us. We're all volunteers. Hold the rope. There's a servant that needs your support. Just a couple of years ago, we were in Myanmar. We needed your support. And you come through. Before we went, while we were there. and I ain't going to tell the story for the visitors, but we were in a bad place. I, we, so much so, we, we, we went to the embassy, uh, and the guy in the embassy said, you need plane tickets home? We'll get you home. Thank God for the USA, and thank God for the United States embassy, and they would have got us home, but people held the rope. And we were able to finish our service there. And people got saved as a result of that. And praise God, we need to be faithful to hold the rope. And then finally, there's a savior that needs your service. There's a, three words I have underlined in my Bible in verse 17 of chapter nine when God told Ananias, I want you to go see Saul, and Ananias said, I've heard of him, and I really don't want to go. And the Lord said, go. He's a chosen vessel unto me, and I got things for him to do. Verse 15, go thy way, for he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and to the kings and to the children of Israel. And uh, verse 17, it says, and Ananias went. Ananias Went. Listen, I kind of think we may owe our salvation to Ananias and people like Ananias who went, who did what was difficult, what they didn't enjoy doing, which they didn't really like doing, but they did it because it was what they had within them and God had put them there and they needed to do it. And we who have been redeemed depend or uh, owe a great debt to people like that who stepped in when all the world stepped out. Hold rope. I can guarantee you somebody's in your basket. Somebody. Probably more than one somebody. All you parents that got them kids downstairs, you got children in your basket. Uh, All you grandparents, you got them children in your basket. Hey, We got our nation in our basket. We we need to do our part, whatever that part God calls us to do. Someone's in your basket. Hold the rope. Samuel was a preacher. And Samuel lived in the 1700s. Actually, late 1600s and 1700s. He was a preacher and the people didn't like him. I ain't gonna ask you to lift your hand on this because if you did, I'd have to turn the cameras, get to turn the cameras around and and, and nobody's gonna raise their hand anyway. But how many ever had a preacher you didn't really like? You don't have to nod your head or even smile. (laughs) They didn't like this guy. They did a lot of things to him. And one night, a group of them went out there and threw uh, fire up on the roof of the parsonage, the manse, the rector, whatever they called it in that day. He had eight kids then in the house. And that place began to burn. Samuel got his children out that were close by to him. One at a time, he got them out. Got his wife out. But then... They had a little boy that he was going back for and the stairs burned and he couldn't get up the stairs. A little five, six-year-old boy is up there in the top and he, he wa- awakens. It's a miracle that he awakens because a lot of the people like that I understand from firefighters, they die and never wake up because of the smoke inhalation. He awakened. He tried to get out the door. The fire was out there. The only exit he had was a window, but he didn't have no ladder and no balcony, and it was 12, 10, 12 feet high. He had nowhere to go, and he's a little boy. His dad and mom and the other kids were off somewhere or another praying, oh, God, we believe we've lost our youngest. We commit him to your care. We trust him to you. We still trust you. But Father, if you can deliver him, he's up there at that window. There's no ladder. There's no way. And one man grabbed another man and grabbed another man. And they built a human ladder up to that window and pulled that little five, six year old boy out of the flames that day. That little five or six year old boy's name was John Wesley. Great preacher of the 1700s. The Methodists looked to him as the hero of their uh, denomination. But God uh, spared him miraculously, but not without the aid of people. That's the point I want to get across. Yes, God does miracles, salvation's a miracle, but He told us to go witness. Service. When things go well, we'll say, boy, that was a miracle, and many times it is, but you went. And I'm saying, hold the rope, someone. You don't know who right now. You don't know? I don't know. It's in your basket. I was tempted to quit a few times in my life. Some probably said I should have. Lord knows there was times I want to. How about you? When I left my pastorate, they said, well, congratulations on your retirement. There's no retirement from life until you feed her up. We have a responsibility. We have a ministry. We have a service that we're to fulfill. And I, I challenge to you, whether you're Serving right now in some area, or maybe you're semi retired in the human world, hold the rope. Keep your head straight. Keep your eyes on God. Do the will of God. Obey Him. Serve Him with all your heart because somebody's going to need you. They're going to need to see you serving, they're going to need to hear your words, they're going to be able to uh, need to be encouraged. We got that basket. We're letting it down. Paul survived because someone held the rope. Will you do that? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I pray you take the words that I've tried to share today. I think of so many times in my life where people entered into my world They supported me. They served me. They encouraged me. They loved on me. They helped me. They reached out to me. They lived godly before me. And because of all those before me, I have this challenge now to hold the rope. Oh, I pray for our Christian leaders to realize they're serving you. They're not serving their own views. I pray for our servants all across this area and those in the building and those that are watching online. Help them to stay faithful, holding the rope, because someone needs their service when a time of danger comes. And I ask it in Jesus' name.